Uh, so we're continuing our series on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we'll be examining the fourth petition uh, this morning. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, let's go to our Lord and seek his help. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for gathering us together as your people. I thank you for your word. Thank you for um, what you have in store for us. We ask, uh, Holy Father, uh, that you send your Holy Spirit, that uh, your Spirit will illumine the Word, help us to uh, uh, learn what you have uh, for us to learn, and help us to apply that to our lives, and and uh, help us to be doers of your Word and not hearers only. Thank you for what you will do. I pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've spent the last five weeks examining uh, the Lord's Prayer. Um, up to this point, uh, our study of the Lord's Prayer has been uh, concerning God. Uh, the first three petitions involve uh, God's glory. The first being, hallowed be your name. Uh, the second, your kingdom come. The third, your will be done. Uh, the first involves God's glory itself. The second and the third petitions uh, involve how it is, the means by which we give God his, uh, his glory and his worship. Now, the focus of our prayer uh, uh, shifts from our spiritual needs to our physical needs, namely the provision of our bread, forgiveness of our sins, protection from temptation, and deliverance from evil. While the first three petitions involve our relationship with God, and uh, now the subsequent four uh, petitions involve our relationship with each other within the body of Christ, his covenant community. Unless you and I have a right relationship with God through prayer, we will not have that right relationship with our fellow man, uh, with our brother and sister in the Lord in prayer. So the hallowing of God's name, the outworking of his kingdom, and the doing of his will in our lives directly impacts the provision of our, of our bread, the forgiveness of our sins, the protection from temptation, and our deliverance from evil. Uh, the outline that we have um, that I've prepared for us has seven points. Uh, we'll be using that as our guide. Um, the first point has to do with the giver. The second, we will examine the significance of the, of the statement, this day, in the petition. Uh, the third has to do with uh, the word daily, what does it entail? And fourth, uh, bread, what is meant by the word bread, what does it signify? Uh, fifth, the words us and our, as it is used in this petition, how does it apply to us? Uh, sixth, the effects of the fall, uh, and lastly, uh, what should be our response? We'll end with uh, application. So let's uh, look at um, the passage before us, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, verses 9 through, uh, 9 through 14. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So the giver, who is the audience of our prayer? We've seen that the audience of the prayer is our Father in heaven. It is our heavenly Father who cares for our physical needs. The Lord who highly regards his name, his kingdom, and his will in our lives is also deeply concerned for our daily practical needs. He says that, uh, Jesus says that in Matthew 6, later on, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and following. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. About, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor, nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Martin Lloyd-Jones says, quote, When I pray, I know that God is my Father and that he delights to bless me and that he is much more ready to give than I am to receive, and that he is always concerned about my welfare. Quote, now there is this faulty, erroneous perception, even among uh, Christians, that, that God the Father is one version of God, and Jesus Christ, his Son, is a different version. That God the Father is the wrathful, vengeful, supreme being, Whereas Jesus Christ, his son, is the loving, merciful, compassionate God. After all, Christ took, on upon, took upon himself the wrath of God, and it was from the Father's wrath that Christ had delivered us. Well, while it is true that Christ has delivered us from the wrath of God, it is also true that this same God, our Father is in heaven, is the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort. Thomas Goodwin says of God, quote, he is more the father of mercies than Satan is said to be the father of sin, end quote. Dane Ortland, in his book, Gentle and Lowly, says, quote, a correct understanding of the triune God is not that of a father whose central disposition is judgment and a son whose central disposition is love, the heart of both is one and the same. This is, after all, one God, not two. Theirs is a heart of redeeming love, not compromising justice and wrath, but beautifully satisfying justice and wrath." End quote. So we've seen in our examination of the earlier petitions that, that God the Father has redeemed us from the family of Satan and adopted us into his own family. He has delivered us from Satan's domain of darkness and granted us citizenship into his heavenly kingdom. He has changed our hearts to obey his will, his preceptive will. Having met our greatest need of salvation, will our Father in heaven neglect our lesser physical needs? Having created us, our Father in heaven has not left us to ourselves to provide for our needs, uh, he has not left uh, to fend for ourselves, so to speak. Rather, he asks that we seek him for our every need and desire. 
hence this petition. In fact, out of his benevolence as creator, he has been merciful to all of humanity. In the context of praying for our enemies, we are reminded of God's benevolence, of, of him meeting everyone's, even his enemies' needs. He says in Matthew 5, 20, 45, he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Our Father in heaven is the giver. Our Father in heaven is merciful. He alone can meet our physical needs, and he does meet them in accordance to his will for our lives. That brings us to our second point, uh, and that has to deal, uh, do with the, uh, the phrase, this day. We're taught here, both in principle and literally, that you and I ought to take one day at a time. The children of Israel, when God uh, led them through the wilderness for several decades, he daily provided for their needs. He provided manna from heaven. He provided uh, quail uh, from heaven as well. But it was a daily provision. It was sufficient for that day. In fact, Yahweh had prohibited them from gathering excess food for the following day. Those who disobeyed and gathered that excess food uh, discovered that, that that food was, was spoiled, and they experienced God's displeasure for, his dis, for their disobedience. So God was teaching his people then, and he's teaching you and I today, that just as his grace was sufficient for us yesterday, his grace is sufficient for us today. Just as his grace is sufficient for us today, his grace will be sufficient for us tomorrow and the next day and the next day for the rest of our lives. Elijah is another example of this, and uh, we will uh, look at him later on in the lesson. We will uh, look at his story. The third point has to do with the word daily. What is meant by our Lord's use of the word daily uh, in this petition? This has to do with the cultural context. In Jesus' day, uh, a vast majority of the people earned their uh, wage on a daily basis. They earned enough for, for today uh, to meet uh, that day's meal and the same uh, for the day after and the day after. Uh, so this was their the reality. In, in Matthew 20, uh, when Jesus uh, uh, said, talked about the parable. He told a parable of an owner he, uh, having this vineyard, and he hired workers to work in his vineyard. Now, some laborers were hired early in the morning. Uh, others were hired in the third hour. Even others were hired in the sixth and ninth hour, and some were hired at the, at the very last 11th hour. And at the end of the day, the owner uh, in this parable, God, uh, asks the foreman to pay each of their workers uh, their earned age, uh, earned wage, a denarii for that day. Uh, so this was how the people in ancient Israel earned their meal, their bread on a daily basis. Uh, you, some of you may recall this. At the beginning of the pandemic uh, in March uh, uh, or April 2020, uh, the government of India at the uh, behest of their Prime Minister Modi, 
made the drastic and unwise decision of ordering all the businesses to shut down in the country. And to make matters worse, he ordered that all mode, modes of public transportation would uh, cease its operations. Uh, so this created a huge problem for literally millions of people in that nation who were day workers. Many of them uh, would travel from their rural communities uh, to the urban centers and earn their daily wages and send back home, uh, send back money to their families to provide for their families. So this stranded them for weeks on end. Not only were they faced without having any work, uh, they, to earn their income, they had no way of going back to their home. So this is another modern day illustration of this being daily wage earning being a stark reality for countless millions uh, in the 21st century. So this speaks to our continual need. As human beings, you and I are daily in need of food, clothing, and shelter for us to survive, for us to live, uh, so that we may uh, serve and worship our God. So the principle that's being taught here is the mindset of continual dependence upon God. Um, Jeremiah in his Lamentations in the, uh, Lamentations 3, 21 through 23, in the context of God's judgment on uh, the nation of Judah for the disobedience says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. So you see, God's mercies are renewed each day to meet our daily physical needs. So as we seek him daily for our physical needs, he faithfully meets and provides for those needs every day. The psalmist says, blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation, Selah. So we're not only reminded here to uh, seek our Lord daily in prayer for our daily needs, we are also reminded that we ought to seek him daily in worship. So this uh, word, this command of daily is applicable to the previous three petitions. It is our Father's desire that we hallow his name daily, that his kingdom come in our lives daily that his will be done in our lives daily, even as we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And that brings us up to our fourth point, that is the word bread. What is our Lord communicating, was communicating to his uh, disciples and to us today when he used the word bread in this petition? There are three perspectives on what this word bread means or signifies in the context of prayer. The first perspective is that it uh, strictly refers to our spiritual needs. The second perspective is that it only refers to our physical needs. And the third perspective is that it encompasses both our spiritual and physical needs. The third perspective is what the word bread here signifies. The word bread is used throughout scripture to convey deep spiritual meaning. Uh, turn with me to Psalm chapter 37. We will look at verses um, 25 and 26. Psalm 37, 25 and 26. 
Here the psalmist David says, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. So the psalmist is not just stating the fact that God has provided for the basic physical needs of his people. That is true and significant. In doing so, David is also teaching, uh, some, teaching us something about God's character in the provision of those daily needs. He's reminding us of God's faithfulness, his generosity, his immutability. Our lives change, our circumstances change, our needs change. Our Father in heaven, the giver, remains the same. He provides for those needs in, in the midst of all these changes, all the same. Jesus, while teaching us this petition, would soon lay down his life on the cross as the bread of life to grant us eternal life. Octavius Winslow, one of the pastors who wrote a commentary on the Lord's Prayer, says this, quote, Natural bread does not impart life. It only nourishes and sustains it. But Jesus, as the bread of life, gives life. He that eats of him lives. I have come that they might have life and have, that they might have it more abundantly, end quote. A famed uh, psychologist, Abraham Maslow, he formulated a hierarchy of human needs. Uh, most of us may be familiar with that, having taken a course in psychology. And this is from the website uh, simplypsychology.org. So it's, it's set up in a pyramid. At the very bottom of the pyramid, the very bottom rung or, or foundation is our physiological needs, that of food, clothing, shelter. Uh, and the, the second one on top is our safety needs, that of safety, security, employment, resources to help us meet those uh, physiological needs. And on top of that is love and belonging that is to be found in our relationships with one another. Last, at the very top, you have esteem, that is our self-esteem, respect, recognition in society, and lastly, self-actualization. After all those other needs are met, you, you're in a position to be the best person that you can be. Uh, I guess before Joel Oldstein, he's saying, his way of saying, you can live your best life now. Uh, but there we have it. So the word here, bread, encompasses our daily physical needs, food, water, shelter, employment, and health. Now, throughout church history, humans have tried to attain a spiritual ideal or goal by depriving themselves of their basic psychological needs. This is known as asceticism. I know I was going to mis mispronounce it, but... Uh, but that's what it is. I won't try to pronounce it again. We have the example of hermits who secluded themselves from society to achieve such an ideal. Monks of various orders have uh, done likewise. Martin Luther is an example of that uh, before he came to saving faith in Christ. Now, God has not created us as disembodied spirits. Our bodies and the material world were not created by an inferior being and are therefore inherently evil, as Gnosticism teaches. When God created Adam, he created him with a physical body in his own image. 
He commanded him, saying, You surely may eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. So when God created the heavens and the earth, and Adam and Eve, his approval, he granted his approval, saying, It is good. He is pleased with his creation. However, fall, the fall of Adam, and uh, with, with his fall, all of posterity had tarnished our creation, including our physical bodies and the attainment of our physical needs. The very fall of humanity involved Adam's eating of what was forbidden by God. So the, the word bread here is to communicate to us sustenance, not extravagance, subsistence, not affluence. It's, God is, is speaking to our basic physical needs, our physico- physiological needs, our safety needs. In his provision, he desires, God desires that you not focus on the gifts and forget the giver. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 30, and we'll look at verses 8 and 9. Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9. This is uh, King Agur. I think he's a king. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But his name is Agur. Verse 8. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So even as we pray for our daily bread, the Lord is teaching us, communicating to us, that our focus should be on God the giver. And our primary focus, even as we seek our physical needs, that we ought to work towards his will to be done in our lives, his kingdom to be advanced, and his name to be hallowed. And that should give us the proper perspective in how we live our lives. So we're not so focused on our immediate physical needs and uh, the gifts that God has pleased to give us, but rather our focus should be on him. That brings us to our fifth point, the uh, the use of the words us and our. So here we are taught to pray not just for our individual physical needs, but also for the needs of those within the body of Christ. And we ought to not only pray that God would meet those physical needs of our brothers and sisters in the Lord, that, but that we would also play a role in meeting those physical needs uh, ourselves within the covenant community. Uh, James, in the context of arguing how true faith is never alone, manif- manifesting itself in love and generosity towards one another, says in James chapter 2, Verses 15 and 17. Uh, James chapter 2, verses 15 and 17. Now the audience of uh, the epistle uh, to James were believers uh, who have been deprived of their physical needs, who have been driven from their homes. Uh, They have been persecuted for their faith. They have been forced to fled for the communities that they had been part of, and they're transplanted in different communities. They have been scattered throughout uh, uh, the ancient Near East. And uh, this is the audience to whom uh, James has this to say. He says in verse 15, 
If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things need, needed for the body, what, is, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. That is why God has ordained the office of deacons for his church to meet the practical physical needs within the covenant community. His people, you and I, need not look to the world first and foremost for help, but rather to him and to his covenant community, and we ought to take care of our own. Our benevolent fund, taken monthly, provides for such practical needs. That is why we pray for and financially support missionaries and missions organizations, both individually and corporately, because without our financial support and our support of prayer, those missionaries cannot labor in the Lord's vineyard in the foreign land and domestically, and those mission organizations cannot exist. Scripture goes even further uh, in um, commending us uh, to to meet the physical needs of others. It says in Romans chapter 12, if bless those who persecute you, bless and curse not. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to give him something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So that brings us to our sixth point, that is the effects of the fall. Even as we pray uh, and, and study this petition, give us this day our daily bread, you and I are fully aware of the reality of poverty, of famine, of homelessness, of uh, uh, disease, of sickness. That is part and parcel of our lives in this fallen world, and that is because of the fall. Uh, one of the first... Um, effects of the fall had a direct impact on man's labor. God mandated, mandated hardship and labor uh, when Adam and Eve disobeyed and ate of the forbidden tree. He said, cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat, eat of it all the days of your life. And uh, uh, just, just taking the example or the instance of famine, um, and I just looked at, did a broad brush examination of uh, various scripture passages. Uh, there were numerous famines in the Old Testament alone. There were two separate famines during Abraham's lifetime. There was this famine in Egypt of which uh, uh, Joseph was a part of. Uh, there was the, uh, a famine during David's reign, a famine during Elijah's ministry. A and uh, the second thing, uh, with reg uh, regards to the effects of the fall is the presence of evil. Persecution uh, of God's people throughout human history uh, has been done primarily through the deprivation of basic psychological, physiological, and uh, safety needs. The author of Hebrews, uh, he commended the early believers for having compassion for those who were in prison and for gladly accepting the plundering of their property, knowing that they had a better possession and a far abiding one, and to encourage them towards steadfastness even in the midst of persecution. He points them to various examples. We see that in Hebrews chapter 11. 
you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. I'll be looking at the, uh, uh, the end of the chapter, uh, starting in uh, verse 32. After citing uh, the examples of uh, Abraham and Moses and uh, uh, various other spiritual forefathers, he says, what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and forged justice. I'm going to uh, skip on to verse 34. Where, were made strong out of weakness. Uh, women, verse 35, women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept, accept release that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging. Others stoned, uh, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So even in the midst of great deprivation of their physical needs, uh, they were able to persevere because of their giver. They were able to put their focus, take their focus off their circumstances and the hardships that they faced, and they put their focus on Christ uh, and God, their Father in heaven. Uh, the second major point in this, uh, uh, in this point is that God ordains physical hardships in our lives, and he does that for various purposes. One of, the, uh, one of the primary reasons that God ordains physical hardships in our lives is uh, a, a, as a judgment on sin. And uh, we, we see that in the life of Elijah. During his uh, ministry, there was a famine uh, that God brought about a drought uh, because of the idolatry in the land. And, um, and even though God's covenant people he had a remnant even in the midst of, uh, of great apostasy, even though God's covenant people uh, may not have been judged uh, because they were not in sin, yet they, along with those who were judged for their sin, experienced this famine and experienced this drought. And Elijah and the 7,000 who had not bowed the knee to Baal were among those who experienced such physical hardship. At times, God uh, brings about uh, physical hardships in our lives as a chastisement to bring us back to repentance. There were some among believers in Corinth who were sick due to unrepentant sin, and others had died. And the third reason that God uh, ordains physical hardships in our lives is to teach us to rely upon him to provide for our needs in a way that he alone gets the glory. Um, turn with me to First uh, Kings chapter 17, verses, uh, we'll look at verses 2 and 6. First Kings 17, starting in verse 2. And the word of the Lord came to, to him, that is Elijah, depart from here and turn eastward. And hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. 
So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook, and afterward, and after a while the brook dried up, because there was no rain in the land. So here we see uh, God providing for his, uh, for his servant Elijah, uh, for his basic physical needs, uh, through a very unusual and unexpected means, and that uh, being a raven. You see, in, uh, uh, with the Old Covenant people, raven was a detestable bird. It was said in both Leviticus and Deuteronomy, these you shall detest among all the birds. They shall not be eaten raven of any kind. So it was such a bird that God in his providence used to provide uh, Elijah his daily portion of, of meat and bread in the morning and the evening. And that's how God works. There's a mystery to his providence and how he brings about, ordains hardships in our lives and meets us in those hardships uh, to a, through a very un, unexpected and unplanned ways in a, in a way that he alone gets the glory in the midst of that circumstance. And uh, uh, the last reason why God uh, ordains physical hardships in our lives is that you and I would cry out to him in our great hour of greatest need. So uh, we are not told how long Elijah uh, uh, was at the brook Cherith. Uh, must have been for a few days or a few weeks. But eventually, because there was no rain in the land, uh, there was a, uh, the judgment of drought. Uh, the brook chariot dried up. So God commands his prophet Elijah to go uh, to uh, Zarephath. It's, uh, it's in the uh, uh, country of Sidon. And that is the, uh, really the, uh, the capital of Baal worship. It was the home, hometown of um, Jezebel. So he not only com uh, commands Elijah to go to a foreign land, but he eventually provides for him through this widow, through Zarephath. Again, a, a, a very unexpected and unplanned for means by which God meets his, his physical need. In the end, uh, the widow's son perishes, and, God, and Elijah is so distraught that uh, this widow's son dies that he cries out to the Lord in the hour of, of, of this need, and he seeks God's healing physical healing for this boy, and God answers his prayer and restores this boy uh, uh, to life, giving, giving, back, giving him back his life. So that brings us to our last point, that is our response. What should our response be in light of what we have learned? And uh, I, it's a fill in the blank. Uh, the first response in God's provision of our daily needs, as we pray, give us this day our daily bread, is that of gratitude, that of gratitude. Psalm chapter nine, verse one says, Psalm 9, verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. In fact, one, um, one of the ways that <coughs> uh, Paul Apostle, uh, 
Apostle Paul admonishes us or instructs us in our prayers to pray with thanksgiving in our hearts. And that is uh, a foolproof way of uh, weaning us off from the circumstances that we might be facing in our lives. If we count our blessings, name them one by one, we will be surprised as to what God has done in our lives. And the second uh, application point is persistence. So what do we do? What should our response be in hardships that you and I ought to keep praying? You and I ought to keep seeking the Lord um, and ought to keep hallowing his name, keep uh, living out the kingdom life, keep uh, obeying his will, even in the midst of hardships in our lives. And God, uh, Jesus gives the uh, parable of the persistent widow uh, who keeps going to this unrighteous judge to seek help from him. Uh, and uh, this neighbor whose friend arrives late at night uh, when everybody has gone to bed and he has no bread in his household and he goes over to his, uh, his neighbor's house and he keeps knocking on his neighbor's door that he might open the door and provide the bread. That's a picture of persistence. God calls us to be persistent in our prayer as we seek his help to meet our, our, our needs in the midst of hardships. And in persecution, what should you and I do when we are persecuted in various ways? Uh, we are commanded to fear God rather than those who persecute us, rather than the circumstances that are uh, infringing upon us. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body. Uh, <clears throat> and then lastly, we'll look to, um, sorry, the yeah, the last one, we look to the example of Christ. The example of Christ. He experienced human hardship at every level for you and me. He said of himself, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Uh, Octavius Winslow uh, says, quote, grain must be bruised or ground to make bread. How effectively, affectingly true was this of Jesus as the living bread of his church. In every sense and from every quarter he was bruised. It pleased the Father to bruise him. To put, he has put him to grief. He, has he was bruised by Satan and by man. He was bruised by sin and by sinners. He was bruised by friends and by foes." End quote. Having lived a human life, Christ can fully relate to, you, to us and is thereby our faithful and sympathetic high priest, in, interceding for us this very hour in the presence of our Father in heaven, even as we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And the last point in application uh, that stands for, um, that begins with R, is our resurrection and our resurrection hope. One day, we, you and I will have glorified bodies. There will be no more physical, cognitive, psychological pain and suffering. We will have a new earth, no famine, no war, no persecution. We're told in Revelation 24, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. The last thing I want to end with is uh, going back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. 
where he has, uh, at the very top of the pyramid, he has self-actualization and self-esteem. Um, in, in God's economy, spiritually speaking, it's, it's flipped, if you will. Our self-actualization has been done for us. Uh, we cannot achieve more than what we already are, being adopted sons and daughters in Christ, being citizens of our heavenly kingdom. And that is the foundation in how we live our lives, how we earn our daily bread. And, and because we have been self-actualized, if you will, in Christ Jesus, uh, we are focused on, not on self-esteem, you and I are focused on God-esteem. We hallow God's name. We live that his kingdom come in our lives and his will be done in our lives. And even when our physiological and safety needs are deprived or not met, uh, we'll be all right. We'll be more than all right because we have our self-actualization and our esteem already being met by God, our Father in heaven. So I do have a video that I would like for us to watch, and I've asked Ed to uh, close us in prayer. So um, if you would show the video titled Divine uh, of that boy in Zimbabwe. Thank you. I don't remember anything about my mother. I never saw her, I never knew her. Eight-year-old Divine lives with his grandmother and two older brothers in a small village called Dewe in Zimbabwe. His parents died from AIDS soon after he was born. It was really painful. I felt helpless as I was looking after my orphans without any support. HIV is widespread in Zimbabwe. Every year there are more than 33,000 new cases in the country. Even though the government has taken measures when it comes to treatment through ARVs, most patients don't have the right nutrition to support the medication working in their bodies. You've got to remember that HIV treatment is not just about medication. A three-legged pot. It's medication, it's lifestyle, and it's nutrition. If you don't have one of those three components, you're not effectively treating the condition. Divine's grandmother is a farmer and makes an income of less than $3 per day, which means all they can afford to eat is wild okra and maize meal every single day. Divine loves to go to school and wants to become a soldier when he grows up so he can defend his country and its people. But due to poor diet, he suffered from malnutrition. This made it impossible for him to concentrate in lessons because his brain was starved of vital nutrients. But even in this suffering, he is happy that he has his grandmother with him. I'm not sad because my grandmother is taking very good care of me. He has a strong faith in Jesus and along with his grandmother goes to the Fountain of Life Church in Dewey. This is one of the 35 churches that Barnabas Aid partners with in Zimbabwe. So when they heard about the need in Dewe, they sent help. This is EPAP. It's an instant pre-cooked porridge that contains 24 essential micronutrients and 4 macronutrients to equip people with nutrient-dense food solutions necessary for healthy brain development, immune system functioning and fighting infections. Our project partner Shelley says it's doing wonders in the lives of people. 
especially those suffering from hidden hunger. Locally, they'll eat a, a meal that's a, a great big mound of maize meal porridge with a little bit of vegetables and if they're lucky and can afford it, some protein. So now the tummy rumbles again and they eat again. Why are they hungry so quickly? Because the body is saying, we need the vitamins and minerals. We don't just need the tummy to be full. We need the body to be given all the tools, all the petrol it needs to work efficiently. And that's the tiny little vitamins and minerals. So hidden hunger refers to not belly hunger, it's almost like body hunger. So it's, it's to give the basic and most essential vitamins and minerals to keep people healthy and functional. Divine and his brothers love eating EPUB and Divine says that he's regained the energy to go back to school. I love EPUB, it helped me feel full and now I have the energy to run to school. The people of Dewey are so thankful to God for EPUB. It can be eaten by anyone over the age of one, and babies are also benefiting from the nutrition in EPAP they receive through their mother's breast milk. EPAP is so lovely. It has really helped us as a family very much. My grandson used to fall sick often, but now after eating EPAP, they are strong and they have energy to run around. I am so grateful. So this is one of many organizations that provides for the uh, needs of uh, the, um, the church around the world. I want to have Ed to close us in prayer. Thank you. Amen.